0: This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help.
1: He has time, launches it to the end
0: zone. Touchdown! Terrence Williams! It goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh he plays. Oh, he's going red, 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 red. Puts he the water. Red Raider. Bluesy the 10. him
1: up the right sideline. he's gotta go. He's tackled, Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their third!
0: Championship. Hello and welcome to the Republic of Football. I'm your host Ishmael Johnson, here with another slash, quote unquote emergency. I don't know. it's been a couple of days. Um, but another podcast for another coaching change with Mike Craven, our college football insider. You know the news by now. Seth Luttrell is out at UNT following a loss in the conference championship game to UTSA. Me and Mike are going to give you everything. Basically, we know everything we're quote-unquote hearing at this point. We'll also go into a little bit at the end, um, Texas State making a hire with G.J. Kinney, UTSA losing offensive coordinator Will Stein, but the bulk of this will be over UNT and Seth Luttrell. As you guys know, we have a format with this. We're going to talk about why now, what went wrong, what look, you know, what the candidates are. So let's go into Mike. Why now? Because let's be honest, we were wrong on this, right? <laughs> we, we were very wrong on what the status of Seth Luttrell was. We were very wrong on this being the year following a good Conference USA showing, um, but. Let's talk about Craven. Why now after the UTSA loss seven and seven and five,
1: seven and six,
0: seven and six, seven and six, right. With the bolt with the conference championship. So, you know, why now, why wasn't, and uh, we should also mention, we've mentioned on one of the shows, Ren Baker gone to West Virginia. So they technically do not have an AD. Does that play into it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we need to clarify, we weren't wrong until Ren Baker left. If Ren, <laughs> Baker, if Ren Baker is still the athletic director of North Texas, Seth Luttrell is still the head coach of North Texas. I, I firmly believe that, because if Ren Baker went to bat form after the 6-6 six and six season last year, where they were 1-6 at one time in the middle of the year, rallied, beat UTSA uh, at the end of the year, which probably saved uh, Seth, Luttrell's, Seth Luttrell's job last year, um, you know, I was told all year from people at North Texas, from people now at West Virginia, that if he got to seven wins, if he got to a conference championship game, if he improved on last year, uh, they weren't going to make a change moving into the American. And that obviously all went away when, when Bryn Baker uh, uh, left. And I think it's a perfect example of not everybody at a school is rowing in the same direction. Uh, there are different people with different opinions, you know, like you have different opinions than I do. Pickle has different opinions than I do. Tepper has different, you know, and so like that happens in a workplace that happens in every workplace and and considering even a school. And so I think when Baker was gone, the school president and and some of the people there uh, making decisions went ahead with what I think they wanted to do after the end of last year and just kind of reined back in a little bit. Uh, But to me, it's not so shocking that, a 44 and 44 coach over seven years got fired. I mean, that that's not shocking, especially when you're paying them $1.9 million, when you have a really nice indoor when your facilities uh, and your resources are at the top of what Conference USA is that that part doesn't shock me. The part that shocks me is the timing and why you don't do it last year. If you're going to do it, you do it last year. Because right now, you would have had a whole year to gear up for this american conference move maybe you would have taken a small step back this year but you'd be you'd be prepared to kind of propel yourself into the american in 2023 now Regime changes are hard. Ask Oklahoma, ask Texas, right? If it's hard at those programs to start a new, it's going to be hard at North Texas in the transfer portal era. They're going to lose a decent amount of guys. They're going to have to bring in a whole new roster to expect instant, instant success is going to be hard. And so for me, again, it's not necessarily that the North Texas fan base thought Seth Atrell wasn't good enough and they weren't getting enough wins. Cause I, I can understand that they're 21 and 27 over the last four years. Uh, but, the timing of it feels weird because now you're behind schedule the portal mm-hmm. opened monday you don't have an ad you don't have a head coach early signing period is sneaking up on everybody what what is this offseason going to look like what is this class going to look like and so uh, i think it was probably I, I i had i made a call to our boy Gabe brooks yesterday uh, <laughs> Because I, most fans are are insane, right? Like, I, sure. I think we can all agree with that. Like, most fans, you can't get a real rational, even the ones in the media, right? You just can't. If they're <laughs> a fan, you're going to get their emotion. You're not going to get uh, their opinion. And with Gabe, sure. you don't have to worry about that, right? Like, he, he will give it to you straight. And yes. so um from talking to him i think i have a better understanding of, of why this happened the 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 lack of conference championship success the lack of success against smu the the getting blown out by unlv right i think they were 2 and 7 against future american conference opponents this year because they also lost some uh, in conference to the teams moving on and so uh you get it when you start looking at those numbers uh, minus 79 against SMU, UNLV, and Memphis this year. You know, UNLV fired their coach, right? You know, Memphis not very good this year. Uh, SMU, a solid American program, but not one of the top three, four, five American programs as it's presently uh, put together. And so when you look at all that combined, you get why he was fired. But again, I just, the timing of it took me by surprise because if, if he was safe, six wins in 2021. I'm not sure how seven wins didn't in a conference championship game, didn't keep him safe in 2022. Cause it feels like, you know, and people have told me, well, he had to win eight games. And it's like, well, you know, I'd heard seven all year. right? I feel like they would have put the number of one away from what he got, right. Had he won six, it would have been, he needed to win seven. Had he won eight, he needed to win nine. And so uh, I don't think there was many ways he could have saved his job other than winning a conference championship. As soon as Ren Baker left his ally in that room was gone. And it, and it feels like North Texas made the decision to go ahead and move forward.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things that – because if you haven't – if nobody's uh, checked Gabe Brooks' Twitter, you know, he had a good breakdown of, like, a lot of the things that went wrong um, for him. Because, like you mentioned, a lot of people in the media saw this as, like, a rash decision, right? It was like, we lost the conference championship, fire him, right? And it wasn't – it. What we're seeing now is that it wasn't that rash, but the problem is the, like you mentioned, the timing of it, because Brett McMurphy tweeted out, let's see, last year Seth trail was nearly fired, but uh, but North Texas won the final five games to get bowl eligible. We all more or less believed that, right? We saw you literally mentioned that you had the fired piece written after Marshall. Yep. So yes, okay, cool. Rattled off, saved his job. Uh, he goes on to say he needed to win eight games this year and UNT president Neil uh, Smetresk, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, made the call with AD Baker now West Virginia, sources told Action Network. He hasn't hit eight wins in four years, right? So you're already giving him a mark that's ridiculously high for what he's shown to produce the past couple years, right? You're also – more or less saying that after UNLV you're okay with him but after FIU or after UNLV you're like oof you know you're like oh that's a little concerning but after FIU cool right that that doesn't make much sense to me and so i agree why wasn't this like la- i don't think i think it would have been harsh but i don't think anybody would have blinked if they fired him last year after even after a five game win streak right 100% because again, we probably would have criticized them for, you know, as like, oh, it's a little harsh for a team that rallied. But we saw, you saw the Marshall game, right? You saw where the overall trajectory of that program at the time was, and we even admitted last year it seemed like they cobbled together an identity, an identity towards the end, right? It was like, oh, they became kind of this more physical, uh, uh, ground-based team, and it worked. Sure, they won their five games, but it was kind of like a mid-season transition. But so. At that point, if they would have fired him, they would have had to maybe have taken some medicine from media for like a week, and then it would have been fine, right? Now, you're like – I don't know. Now, it it definitely seems like you were going to fire this guy anyway. Yes. And I just – yeah, it, the timing of it is just really off. Um, I d- it, From all indications right now at least, it looks like um, interim athletic director – I wish I knew his name. Uh, Jared. He came from ACU. Um, Jared Mosley. Jared Mosley, I would not be shocked if he gets the full time gig because he's he was promoted to interim um when they announced the firing. And you don't act on that and you don't go into a head coaching search unless you have an idea of what your administration is going to look like. So it'd be very, it'd be very uh, uh, concerning if they made a hire and then made an outside hire for AD and said, hey, here's your head coach um but also it should be noted ren baker was hired after they had set the trail so like that could you know it's a good job so even if they go outside i guess it's not a, a complete death sentence you know but it is just kind of unusual to go into a head coaching search without a full time ad i would expect jared to maybe get the full time job jared mosley um but of course you know it's it's the timing up it's also weird so one point oh. I want to make on the
1: um, on Go the over. eight game winning mark. Yes, North Texas has done that five times since the end of nineteen seventy eight. Right. Two thousand two, two thousand three, two thousand thirteen are the only times they've done it without Seth the Trail. So they've done it five times since nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. Two of those five times are under Seth Luttrell. Right. They are, they are, they fired Seth Luttrell. I think two things can be true at one time. Seth Luttrell, Seth Luttrell can be one of the two, three best coaches ever at North Texas, mm-hmm. and the resources and care of the admin and the fan base has reached a level where that's not good enough. And yeah. so, yeah, I think I feel compares- like the fans. I feel like the fans made this
0: decision by not going to games. 100 percent. There's
1: nobody at North Texas games
0: right now. Apo- Apogee, and so, Apogee stadium is one of the best college underrated college stadiums. Oh, in it's tremendous. Texas, right. Yep. The facilities are up there They're power five facilities. Unbelievable. Right? And yes, I agree. The fan, when the fan base isn't there, you almost have to make a decision. Right. Yeah. And so I think to me, this is what, this is very comparable in another, obviously it's in a group of five level to A&M and Kevin Sumlin. Right. Seth Luttrell comes in. And he doesn't hit the ground running, but he has a, I think he has like a, he reaches a bowl his first year. But then the Mason fine years, those two years, boom, all of a sudden nine wins. Oh my gosh. You're, you know, you saw UTSA taking off. You're right there with UTSA under Frank Wilson. And you're just like right there. And a lot of people, I don't want to say that's the standard, right? We should win eight games, nine games every year. That's not what I'm saying. But when you have a rebuilding period, like they did for two years, right? Especially that 2020 year where things looked really bad. Okay, now it's like you 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 set the expectation pretty pretty well, right? And then let's I do want to rattle off some of the stats uh, that Gabe Brooks tweeted out: zero and seven in postseason, zero and five in Bulls. I don't think Bulls in particular is is to me Bulls is an indication of. The lack of success he had outside of Conference USA as opposed yes. to like Bowls itself. 0 yeah. 2 in conference championships, 13 consecutive FBS non conference losses, and 11 consecutive group of five non conference losses, right? Huge. That's what I think is more in- in- indicative of the Bowl losses because even those Mason Fine teams got blasted when they played somebody else outside of the conference.
1: And that's the point. They didn't just lose those games. They got beat. They're getting crushed. The one time they beat
0: SMU was I think Sonny Dyke's first year at SMU. I think so. I, so yes, hundred percent. I get that. Um, But similarly to go back to the Kevin Sumlin analogy, you know, Kevin Sumlin came, comes in, takes an MD sec. They have all of a sudden they have their best quarterback ever. They have a team success that they haven't experienced in a generation. And Similarly to Seth Luttrell, they don't become bad, but they're definitely not reaching the ceilings that you thought you could right. reach, right? You're probably hitting the floor more or less every single year. Yeah. And when you, you're, you you become a victim of your own success. And when you can't replicate that or even show signs of getting back to that, because I don't know. After this year, because of what we saw from them against SMU and against Memphis. I don't think it was very logical for you to think that Seth Luttrell could take you back to the nine win team when you get to the AAC. Right. And so, yeah, in a way I I get, I understand it. Um, But the timing of it just throws everything off. Um, He was a fired man basically walking into this season. So go ahead. Because this is why Matt Wells was
1: fired at Texas tech in the middle of the year last year. Right. Yes. Yes. You don't want to allow a coach that you are going to get, if you've already made the decision in your head that you're getting rid of this guy, Do not give him the opportunity to make a case for him to stay. Sure. Fire him after UNLV. No one would have blinked. Nobody would have said anything. Fire him after Marshall last year. Nobody would have said anything, right? If you've made this decision, you can't half-step. Right. You got to just do it. Just cut the bait. Just get it over with. Rip the Band-Aid. North Texas didn't do that, and it allowed the team to be just successful enough for people like me and coaches across the country to go, man, what's up with that? Like, if they're going to fire a dude after reaching a conference championship game, what are the expectations for me if I go there? Like, am I going to get fired if we're not competing for American conference championships games next week? And I spent all day yesterday on Twitter trying to get a feel for what North Texas fans thought realistic expectations were. Mm -hmm. And maybe Twitter's the (laughs) the wrong place to do this. Uh, But it does sound like being UTSA, being 8, 9, 10 wins, 11 wins, competing for conference championships, that that is the floor now expectation at North Texas. They've taken the ceiling mm-hmm. and made it the floor. And I just want to say this as a UTSA grad and fan. What is happening at UTSA right now does not have any staying power. Mm-hmm. Frank Harris is going to leave, just like Mason it, And mm-hmm. Jeff Trailer is an excellent football coach. But it takes really good players Mm-hmm. Uh, to win at that level, Frank Harris has won five, six games this year on a drive of his alone at the end,
0: yeah. right?
1: That's not coaching. That's just having the better Janes and Joes than the X's and O's, right? And so uh, if you put Seth Luttrell at UTSA and you put Frank and you put Jeff Trailer at North Texas and one had Austin Ani and one had Frank Harris, I think that UTSA still wins the conference championship. And so I know that the coach is responsible for the players that are being brought in. So Mm. that's also on Seth Luttrell. Uh, But it just, it just seems to me as a G five fan. That sometimes we can, we can see that uh, what's happening right now and and consider that to be the expectation when it's really the dream, this is a fever dream. It's as good as it's ever going to get. Right. And one day I said this on Twitter, one day, Frank Harris is going to graduate. One day, Jeff Trailer is going to move on to A&M or Texas or one of the bigger jobs in the state. And then I'm going to be the guy on Twitter yelling at UTSA fans for expecting 10-win seasons every game because that's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. Like, what G5 program does that? Like, that's just not how it works. And so uh, that's my worry for North Texas is the grass is not always greener on the other side, mm-hmm. and there needs to be very defined expectations of what this job is so the new guy knows what he's up against or what he's being measured, you know, for.
0: Sure. And I think that goes into your, that you know, that kind of rounds things out well enough to say, now the guy's going in, the new guy, whoever it will be, and we'll talk about that right now, first year in the AAC, right? He doesn't get that padding year of setting his baseline, setting his style in the Conference USA. Now he has to jump up and say, okay, now you got to compete with SMU right away, right? Something that Seth Patrol only did once. So- Let's get on to some of the names. Um, You know, there are some familiar names on, you know, Craven has an article up right now, um, potential head coaching targets for North Texas. I'll just say right now, after all that being said, this is still probably the best group of five opening right now in college. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, Facility wise, support, there's a fan base there, right? We talked about how disillusioned it was, but there is a fan base there. You have an incredible stadium, an indoor, all that stuff. CFW? Yeah, there there will be no shortage of candidates, depending on how wide they want to cast the net, right? The easy names that kind of were when Seth Luttrell was getting calls from Kansas State and things like that, names like Graham Harrell, right? Those names came up. He was the coordinator of those Mason Fine years, um, went on to USC, and then now he's at West Virginia. You know, there are some familiar names like that. Some names that I think we think they should probably reach for. We, I think, and I'll I'll say this for me personally I think this is a perfect spot for an Emmett Jones. Yes. Um, I think that my fear, I'll get into my, I'll get into Emmett Jones in a bit, but my fear is that they, I don't want them to rely on familiarity. I don't want them to go with Graham Harrell, a Graham Harrell just because he coached there before. I don't want them to go with a Justin Fuente because, just because he has heavy coaching experience. I think this is a potential for a Jeff Trailer type, right? Uh, not not even like just because he's a high school coach, but no, like somebody who has a, a familiar identity with recruiting with, because that was one thing that set the trail for all his talent acquisition. He didn't exactly hit Texas high schools that hard.
1: He did not have the best reputation at the THSCA.
0: Right. This is a chance to not only repair that, but potentially build on something and establish yourself as a player going forward, like with an Emmett Jones. And why I think Emmett Jones is is a special fit in particular is we mentioned him for Texas State, passing game coordinator, wide receiver coach at Texas Tech, South Oak Cliff, former head coach, right? He is somebody who knows how to reach every segment of Texas high school football players, uh, economic backgrounds, demographics. He knows how to play the field. He is also, I, you know, he is the most, he's the guy to me most primed for that Joey McGuire, Jeff Trailer jump. He's been a proven coordinator. He's been a proven on-field coach now for multiple stops. He was at Tech under Cliff Kingsbury. He was at Kansas under D- uh, David Beatty. He probably should have got, you know, they hired Lance Leipold pretty late. He almost was the interim head coach for a full season at Kansas. He's now at Texas Tech, a passing game that we've lauded for the whole season, uh, first year comes in wide receivers look really solid. I think he is primed for that next step. And I think this is a perfect spot for him. Just think of the staff
1: Emmett Jones could put together. If My given goodness. the budget at North Texas in that region of North Texas, because you talk to recruiting guys like Gabe Brooks and you can, you know, how many times you like talk to Kyle Ward at South Oak cliff, ask him mm-hmm. how many times North Texas came to South Oak cliff. Never you know? And so like they've allowed, Gabe was talking to this yesterday. They've allowed SMU to become like triple D Dallas, but those are private schools. Which is, so is TCU, which is North nuts, Texas, right? Right. North Texas has 35,000 students. Like they're, they're more of the people's university of DFW, right? If Emmett Jones gets there and he goes, get some Marcus Shavers, Kyle Ward, guys like that. Um, they can really become DFW's program, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, and so I, yeah, I mean, my list starts and stops with him. That would be my first call. I'd make him tell me, no, um i think justin fuente i may be a little bit higher on than you not because of his virginia tech uh, tenure because of what he did at memphis right, you know he right. can, he understands the lay of the land here he'd give you a leg up in terms of he's done it before and he's done it around uh this level of competition another name that i really like is garrett riley or joe gillespie mm-hmm. uh, the tcu coordinators both dfw guys who's been here for a while riley was with uh, Dykes at SMU. So clearly a DFW person. Uh, Gillespie is a longtime high school coach who did really good at Stephenville after our Bryles. And so he's kind of in that mold as well. Mm-hmm. But if I think a lot of the reasons Seth Latrell was fired, or at least some of the reasons Seth Latrell was fired was because of how good UTSA has been doing sure. in college football. As a fan, you're only as happy as your rival is bad. Mm-hmm. And when UTSA started winning, double-digit games a year and winning back-to-back Conference USA championships with fewer resources. Let's just be completely honest there. Fewer resources and a roster that's not as talented. The top 20 players at UTSA's roster are better than North Texas. The next 40 are not. And so uh, I think when you're a North Texas fan, it's natural to look at that and go, well, why not us? Mm -hmm. If they can do it, why can't we? We just need the right guy in here. And I, I think that's a correct way to look at it. I think Emmett Jones would be the right guy. I think uh, Garrett Riley, if you could pry him away and be his first head coaching stop, the right guy, Joe Gillespie, uh, who was at Tulsa, who's been again in this conference, who kind of knows the lay of the land. Uh, he would be the right guy. So if you're North Texas, while it did catch me off guard and I, I, my name is Mike Craven and I was absolutely wrong about Seth the trail staying uh, for 2023. I think even with all that said, you're in a great position to go higher, potentially the best person, the most prestigious you know whatever were reputable person that you've ever been able to put in this chair
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's you a good- can't you can't blow it you can't right. you can't get rid of a guy who was good and average to maybe take take steps back right this this hire has to be a home run it has to be a jeff trailer type hire a joey mcguire type hire a dave aranda type hire where it's somebody who comes in and has success and wins over the fan base uh right away Sonny dykes at tcu and so uh i do think that they're gonna have you know almost a pick of the litter. You yep. know, in terms of reasonable candidates, right? I mean, like Brett McMurphy trolled North Texas by, you know, being like, "Hey, they should go get Ryan Day." Like, "Oh my God, like they should go." Right. You know, like uh, even Brett Vito was kind of stro- trolling uh, the North Texas fan base of, right. of like, "Hey, maybe they'll go get you know, you know Jimbo Fisher." Or something, you know what I mean? Right. Like, um, I think there is kind of a stay in your lane type thought. From people outside the program, even me, because you look back at the history, right? Mm-hmm. Like before Seth Luttrell got here, let me read off some win totals here. Yeah. Uh one, four, nine, four, five, three, two, one, two, three, two, seven, nine, eight, five, three. That's this century. Yeah. You know, like they're not good. They're not a program who has been consistently good or consistently relevant at the FBS level, but they've put in the resources to be that and so they're hiring for the future not to compare themselves for the past and that makes this hire super super important if you're trying to plant your flag as a legit g5 member as the playoff expands when being the best g5 team gets you a spot in that playoff there's not any on paper reasons north texas can't be one of those four or five teams in the mix every single year for that if they get this hire correctly
0: yep and you'll notice that the names that I, at least we don't see as fits for this. You know, when we talked about Texas State, we talked about hiring guys like, uh, 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 let's say like a Mike Jenks or a Casey Keeler, right? A Colby Carthol, right? They're, to me, those coaches are maybe less of Mike Jenks than the other two, but those coaches are more like foundational, right? Those are the type of coaches that you come in and you say, whatever we was doing before did not work. You tear it down, build it in your image. Right. We know you can't. Texas doesn't need that right Right. they just they already had that in Latrell exactly they need something now to take what Latrell built the standards take Apogee take that facilities and just take it to another level right and so that's why with those type of moves you see the new blood coaches come in right that's when you see that's when it's prime for a coach like that to say okay now we can take, you know, you have somebody like with a mix of everything that can do play calling, recruiting and build culture building, all that stuff, right? You can kind of mold into what they needed to be. That's what Jeff Trailer. that's the position Jeff Trailer was in after Frank Wilson kind of built up a little something. That's the position Joey McGuire can build up as well at Texas Tech. And so, yeah, that's what those are the names that you're going to see. You're not going to see the old veteran coaches, right? The, the most veteran coach you're going to get is a, jo- is a Justin Fuente, right? Because it's not really in that they're not, they, that's not the need that they have as a program um, right now. So. And football um, scoop
1: and football scoop reported yesterday that even if Fuente is offered the job, he'd have to think about taking it, you know? Sure. So it's, it's not just like a, yeah, if he gets the, if he gets offered, he's taking it type of thing. Cause he, he can be picky since he's still got Virginia tech buyout money. Right. Sure. Exactly. Uh, Emmett Jones would swim to that job.
0: Oh my god. Right. Yeah. Like Graham
1: Harrell would swim to that job. Like Kenny, I think if,
0: Kenny Perry, Kenny Perry would Kenny swim, Perry to, that job would swim well. to that job. Like yes.
1: go get you a guy who wants to be there. Yes. Who like without a shadow of a doubt wants to be there. That's what has made UTSA so good. Jeff Trailer's not faking any of that passion. Right. He wants to be there. He turned down the Texas Tech job. He didn't take an interview with TCU. Go get you somebody who's willing to put down some roots and build something special. And maybe they'd leave you for Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, Arkansas, because who wouldn't, right? right? But go take somebody who's excited to be there, who's not looking to just use this as like a quick springboard to get back to the P5 level or whatever. Um, go get you a, Go get you a high school guy, somebody who's a lifer, somebody who's used to building a program, somebody with some ties, uh, not only in the recruiting world, but in the coaching world, uh, that's what this state is looking at. Look at Texas Tech staff. Look at UTSA staff. Even look at Texas staff with Chris Gilbert. Got, yeah. I mean, Brendan Marion was a high school coach before he got there, right? You know, and so mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's the way it's moving. I think North Texas is in an awesome position right now uh, to do something do different, do something special. And you know, on Emmett's thing, we we don't have a black head coach in the state at the FBS level,
0: right? Uh, and so you
1: can di- you can differentiate yourself that way too and kind of, you know, be a unique situation. Um, And so I think that would play really well in DFW. I think the staff would be great. Um, There's a lot of really good options for North Tech. That's the good news right now. The timing's been bad. You're behind the eight ball. You would have liked this to happen two weeks ago, probably if you were going to do it so Mm -hmm. you could get ahead of it. Uh, But uh, there's plenty of options out there. Your job is attractive. Just go get somebody who wants to be with you. Don't go get somebody who you want to be with you.
0: Right. If it was last year, they'd be, you know, who knows? Maybe If this was last year, maybe they have Joey Maguire on their sites and they get turned down publicly for tech, you know, things like right. that. Like it, it, who knows, maybe the, the timing did work out in the end. Cause there's only one other, there was only one other FBS opening. So. Cause timing uh, does matter. Cause like if this, sure. ha- if this
1: opened a week or two ago when other jobs were opening. Uh, well, well, we can, we can talk about that.
0: Uh, certain I think, school the, the,
1: I think, I think the Texas state job would still be open. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So <Yeah>. like, uh, <laughs> you know, they kind of put themselves in third place, in a lot of ways, in the race, right? And they got to try to catch back up now,
0: right? So, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's round out with uh, that hire. Uh, Tech State did make a hire, uh, we broke it on textfootball.com. GJ Kenny from Incarnate Word, uh, Mike Craven broke the story. Uh, when was that Thursday? Yeah, yeah, Thursday. So, all right, man. Uh, Tech State has a guy who is still coaching, uh, Incarnate Word, still in the playoffs, FCS playoffs. Uh, he had GJ Kenny announced that he will continue to. Uh, see out the Cardinals' run. They beat Furman in the first, uh, the second round, I should say, uh, to advance to the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs. You know, let's just talk a little bit about it. The press, we're recording this on Tuesday. Press opening press conference is will be Wednesday. Craven, you will be at, you will be there. So be sure to yep. follow him for coverage on that. Um, let's talk about you know kind of how the, the the hiring process went down because originally we had two names, right? We thought we had two names: um, Eric Morris and Casey Keeler. Uh, I guess on our end and everybody else who we were talking to, everybody kind of presumed that when Tulsa opened up, that G j. Kinney's name was no longer there. We did say that he was with he was among the other two, right? Morris and Keeler and Kinney ourselves included, and everybody else that we talked to, we presumed that when Tulsa opened, he would either take himself out out of or Texas State would remove him. Uh, because they feared getting turned down publicly in case that job opened what we later found out was that they never took him out of the race and he never looked at Tulsa uh, that seriously and so whether that was him not thinking he was firmly in the race for Tulsa or wanting to stay in Texas or whatever but obviously a uh Texas State gets a to me a great hire they had their sights set on three people. And obviously we found out they had their real, their priority set on one. They made it really quickly. And now they have one of the rising coaches in Texas.
1: Yeah. I mean, like we just mentioned, he would be on the short list for this North Texas job if he was still on the market. And so Texas state went out and got a guy that is, is considered you know one of the brightest offensive and head coaching minds in the country right now under 35 you know he he's he's going to be texas, he's going to be a guy texas state couldn't afford in 3 years you know what i mean like he's he's going to be a head coach somewhere uh, good on the bobcats for for making a big swing i do think the hesitancy by some in the texas state fan base is understood there's a lot of parallels between him and a Jake Spavadol, you know, only one year as a head coach at Incarnate Word makes the difference. But young guys, offensive minded guys, not a whole lot of experience. And I think the other thing with Kenny is he jumps jobs. You know, you look at you look at his resume and it's been basically one offs, you know, for the last you know five, six years since he's gotten to the business. How long will he stay in San Marcos if it goes mm-hmm. well? Uh, but I think things are going to get exciting quickly. It's not going to be a a 20-point-a-game offense next year. He's going to bring in some guys. Uh, He'll probably bring in the same OC that he has uh, over there, if possible, at at Mac Lefwich. And so uh, they're going to score some points. The problem with Texas State right now is he's going to have to recruit a whole roster. You know, like, I mean, they got 15 dudes in the portal or something like that already. Now that he can go get some of those guys out of the portal. He can talk some of them out of it, hopefully, or whatever. But um, a lot of work to do. And as you mentioned, he gets introduced Wednesday and then he flies out and they play Sa- Sacramento State late Friday night in the yeah. FCS playoffs. And so he's a busy man right now doing double duty.
0: Yeah, um, I will say he's he seems to be hitting the recruiting ground pretty, pretty well. Um, he has already recruited Ashton Hawkins back from the portal. Uh, Lincoln Perry announced he's also coming back as well. Um, So, you know, maybe there is some pull that he has with the program. Um, From what I know, if
1: you're an offensive guy, you want to play in that system. Oh, sure.
0: hundred percent. From what I know from talking around, there will uh, don't be shocked to see if a lot of that UIW staff follows him. Um, This isn't going to be some, this isn't going to be a program or a hire that brings in a bunch of new faces. Um, He seems to be a guy that's pretty uh, comfortable with familiarity um the big one that i would watch out for is offensive coordinator mac leftwich because there is a chance he play he's in play for the UIW job he um he was there under eric morris in 2018 he stayed there under GJ Kenny. he was the offensive he's oc and the play caller of this offense so if i'm uiw i maybe want to stay in house with this um but you know we'll see if he doesn't then i would expect him to see him in san marcus um yeah. I mean, I do think the leader in
1: the clubhouse at UIW is Ephra Efra Banda. Mm, interesting. Uh, okay. He was, he's the defensive coordinator at Utah state. He played at incarnate word mm, uh, mm-hmm. from like 2008 to 2011 was a GA graduate uh, student at Texas. And so I okay. think it's his to turn down. Sure. Uh, sure. At this moment.
0: Sure. So um, yeah, we'll, like I said, Craven will be at the introductory press conference for GJ Kenny. We'll see how that staff rolls out and, um, And then we'll see how the rest of the transfer and recruiting cycle goes because they've already sent he's already sent out two or three high school offers. So, yeah, it
1: kind of like gave me like a like a double, you know, like you see, like, yeah, like you see a high school kid put out of like, hey, blessed to have a Texas state offer or whatever.
0: You're like, right. right." Business has changed, you know, like this is a whole new a whole new world. So good on them. Uh, and then, lastly, um, staying on the offensive side of the ball, UTSA. Uh, I guess they made a hire. They made a, a promotion because they lost Will Stein to Oregon. Um, I thought that was a fantastic hire from Oregon. Um, they needed a new kind of a shift on offense, and they decided to go with the guy that's more or less. I won't say rebuilt, but definitely rebranded UTSA's offense in within a season, um, opening up things a little bit more after sincere McCormick leaves. And they make an internal promotion. Um, I wish I had it right here, Mike cream. Who was it again? Um Justin Burke. Justin Burke. So, you know, I kind of presume that it would be Joe Price, but um Jeff Trailer, regardless, I knew it would be an internal promotion. Jeff Trailer is all about rewarding loyalty and tenure, and he wants to show that if you join his staff, there's chances to move up. Um, so yeah, there will be um there will be a new play caller in in San Antonio. So Will Stein, former offensive coordinator at Lake Travis, does that play into Hudson Card being a potential nab for him? Um, I do know some Oregon, some Oregon people I do know say there's a chance Bo Nix does return, so that could also weigh into it. But Oregon, I think now has a non-zero chance of potentially landing a newly transfer portaled Hudson Card.
1: <laughs>
0: there's problems
1: with being successful. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them is people are going to come take your guys. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's just part of it. Um, the, the Ray, the rise of Will Stein, pretty, pretty miraculous, right. From, right. from OC at Lake Travis to quarterback coach, to OC, play caller OC to, to now Oregon, right. One of the 10, 15 richest programs, uh, in the country. So that's awesome for him. He's been a, a great guy to have around in the state. Um, but, you know, when you have a guy like Jeff Trailer, who's kind of a pseudo offensive coordinator, he doesn't call plays, but he's an offensive guy. That's, that's where he made his bones. That's where he uh, ha- has you know made his rise uh, through the ranks as, as an offensive guy. I think he gives him a lot of confidence to go, well, we can just keep this ball rolling. You know, uh, I can kind of lead the way here in the offseason and the practices and then hand over the reins. He's in the headset. He can he can do some stuff. So I think it was smart. I think it's a good choice. It's also cheaper um You know, UTSA is not like flooded with money, right? And so, like, uh you can use some of that money elsewhere to not have to deal with all the coaching search, search uh, searches stuff. But the UTSA offensive coordinator jobs become a gig. You know, like the lat the last ones, the offensive coordinator at Illinois, and the the last one now is the offensive coordinator in Oregon. And so, uh, I think he's building a pipeline, and that's what he wants. He wants to be a place where you can come as a young coach. Uh, you know kind of cocoon yourself come out a butterfly and then go get a better job I think he takes a lot of pride in that it's one of the things that he enjoys most about this profession is you know taking kids and developing them but also taking coaches and developing them and kind of laying the foundation paying it forward type of deal just kind of guy he is and so uh, while it's disappointing You know, to lose guys like Will Stein because, you know, he helped win two conference championships and he's excellent at what he does, top 10 offense in the nation, all that kind of stuff. Uh, It's good for UTSA to see their coaches go and flourish because that means that other coaches are going to come and try to do that as well there.
0: Yep. All righty. So that'll do it for us. Uh, Like I said, Craven will be at the uh, G.J. Kenny Introductory Press Conference on Wednesday. He'll be providing you all the stuff you need to know on that. Be sure to keep track of TexasFootball.com for anything else on the North Texas opening. We'll be updating you. What we know, uh, we'll also be, Oh, by the way, we also have the transfer portal tracker up. I will be yeah. handling that. So that is something that I am updating constantly. So be sure to go and keep track of that page. Of course, any staff hires, things like that. Uh, keep, uh, keep tuned to our college football news tracker. Um, so, yeah, that'll be kind of it for us. Um trying to think of anything else I need to hit. I think that's about it. Uh, hopefully no other uh, coaching changes happen. Yeah. Uh, or we'll be doing another one of these sometime soon. But I think, knock on wood, I think we will be good as far as big openings I, go.
1: I'm not saying anything anymore. I'm, <laughs> I was about to be yeah. like, I'm about to be like Mike Bloomgren's safe at rice. So we're good. But like, he right. knows anymore. Right. Like, I mean, right. yeah, I, like uh things, that's the thing is like, you know, <laughs> what's funny about being me. So on yeah. Thursday we break the Texas state news and you're right. on top you're like, man, I know everything, you know, like I, I like reading the pulse of this state, you know what right. I mean? And then like four days later, somebody gets fired that you had no, I recorded a podcast five hours earlier talking about how he's safe and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know it ages as spoiled milk, as somebody said on Twitter, and like then you know it's like egg on your face. But that that's the price you pay when you have opinions. Like when your job is to like constantly put out stuff, like you're <laughs> you're gonna look dumb on occasion. That's just how it goes. And things right. happen so fast; they change so fast in college football that you can be right on Monday and be wrong on Tuesday. Sure. And so uh, it's just one of those things that that constantly keeps you guessing, constantly humbles you. Uh, but I do think one note we need to put out there is next week is UIL state championship
0: week. Yes. And
1: yes. so we will kind of be kind of behind the eight ball there doing doing that kind of stuff. Probably won't have a republic of football next week that kind of stuff.
0: Yep. All righty. So with that being said, you know, like I said, keep track of Mike Craven's Twitter. I'm not going to do the sign off just cuz you know, uh, that's for the real shows. Uh mm-hmm. so we'll keep track of this and be tuned to textfootball.com for all updates. Be sure to subscribe, like all that stuff wherever you get your podcast and we will talk to you later.